You're listening to the Rick Soto Podcast. For more information about Pastor Rick Soto and the Ranch Church, go to ranchchurch.com. Go ahead and turn your Bibles to Psalm 3. Um, I really enjoy looking and taking real familiar scriptures and hammering them into my heart, mind, and soul. I've been walking with the Lord for over 30 years. And, uh, you know, you always heard those people say, yeah, the, the, the longer I've been walking with the Lord, the, it seems like the fewer and less things I know. Anyone there? You're like, okay, I thought I knew things when I was young. As I get older, it seems like wisdom settles in. Maybe not wisdom, but something settles in, and you start to see a bigger picture. And then you're like, okay, we just got to, sometimes you just got to wait something out or sometime. And that wisdom, I believe, it, it comes with uh, growing and walking with the Lord. You start to sense what that inkling is. Like, you know, you're at Vaughn's and you're like, oh, it seems like something's telling me to say something to the person in front of me. Well, just so you know, that's generally never the flesh. The flesh is never say something to the person in front of you. The flesh is usually say something to the person in front of you that's taking so long. <laughs> if it's something positive, most likely always the Lord, always the Holy Spirit. And you just never know. And I'm sensing that right now as we're looking, we're going to look at this very familiar scripture, what I'm hoping to do for all of us is to revive it, bring it alive, and make it applicable so that we all leave here. We all leave here with a little change that needs to take place. Because until he comes back, we are not perfect, church. Can I get an amen? We are not perfect, church. As we were taking communion, I, I just thought to myself, it's so good to... to Pause and remember what he has done. What was accomplished when his blood shed, it was needed to cleanse and wash us of our filthiness. And then the body being broken, remembering that he had to be crucified. There had to be death in order for life to emerge. We're all here enjoying life eternally because of that work that was done on the cross. And as uh, my brother Jeff said, hey, if you're here for the first time and that's something that's just still not sure, understand this. God brought you here for a purpose. And that purpose is he's wanting to get your attention because he's drawing you into his kingdom. He's saying it's time. It's time. Uh, I remember when I did that salvation was just confusing to me until someone sat me down and said, listen, your life's a mess. Look at the direction you're headed. It didn't take much reflecting because I knew already. And then the invitation. You see, there was someone who lived a life perfect for you. You could never obtain that perfection. But through this man, Jesus Christ, you are able to have an everlasting relationship with the Heavenly Father 
secured. For me, security was what I needed. I had parents who had abandoned me, uh, a real difficult upbringing. So security and peace, this was something I was all about buying into. The uncertainty of this world, I was tired of it. And so if that's you this morning, uncertain, the uncertainty of this world, God is calling you to an everlasting relationship with him. And that relationship can only be everlasting if it is faith in an everlasting king who is willing to lay himself down for you. That's a beautiful story. This morning's message out of Psalm 3, 3, it's a very familiar one that I have memorized, and I hope that you all leave here memorizing it too. It's really easy. Where you find it is really easy. Psalm 3, verse 3, three promises. That's what we're all going to leave here with. Memorizing Psalm 3, remembering Psalm 3, remembering the three promises in Psalm 3, and then you'll be free. Amen? For you, O Lord, are a shield about me. You're my glory. You're the lifter of my head. Remember that one? It was a song. I'd sing it for you, but <laughs> nobody wants that. Even God himself's like, I don't know, son. Maybe you leave this one for the shower. <laughs> for you, O oh Lord, are a shield about me. My glory, the lifter of my head. Uh, I got saved in the early 90s, and so that song was hitting really hard back then. And no matter how it was played, that truth needed to drip into my heart, mind, and soul. That's what the Word of God does. It drips, and, and I like to memorize scriptures and point out scriptures like this because they give us handles to hold on to. When things go a little sideways, you want to be able to grab onto something. And when you have memorized in your heart, mind, and soul, for you, O oh Lord, are a shield about me. What does a shield denote? I wish I had one. Whether it be a big Viking shield or a Roman shield, the shield always denotes what? Security, right? Or if you're reading Ephesians uh, 6, Paul talks about the shield of faith that does what? Distinguishes all those, what? Fiery darts, the lies. We need a shield. If there's ever a time that we need to apply this scripture, is our current culture. Everything seems to be going sideways. We got to ground ourselves. We got to remind ourselves that he is our shield about us. We don't need to be in fear. God's people should not be in fear, nor should we be stressed. Nor should we be anxious. For nothing, the Bible says. So why are we? Think, think about it. Okay, on paper, this scripture is powerful. So why is it that we jump in our cars and we head home and something just a little bit off throws you off? And you, you could be leaving church and find yourself in that situation. 
Some of you found yourself in that situation on your way to church. Like, really, we're going to have this argument before church? Wow. Right? And some of you, yeah, I'm going to tell Jesus on you. We're on our way there. Why is that? Why is that disconnect? Because we believe the scriptures. We believe that they were uh, preserved for us. Thousands of years, men have tried to destroy. You cannot destroy was eternal. God's word is eternal. And for us this morning, it's a simple truth of he is a shield about us. There's no need to fear. There's no need to worry. There's no need to be anxious. We got to allow that truth to settle in. But as I just described, like me, you can find yourself in this situation, get in the car, humming the, the oh, I love when we sing old hymns, right? When the hymn came on, everyone was like, okay, it's coming. Because that truth resonates. Our minds, our hearts and souls, it's like our body's like, yes, I need to hear this. But then you get right back on the road and you're on the 101 and somebody cuts you off and all of a sudden you're pissed off. Why is that? Well, I like to propose to you what I've tried in my 30 years of walking with the Lord to grow in, to mature in. And that is to allow application to hit a little bit longer than the parking lot of the church. It's called continual alignment. I like to continue to align myself to God's word to allow it to be more effective in my life. For instance, and the reason why I bring up driving, I have many other issues, but that's an easy, common one. There was a time frame where it just got out of control. It honestly got out of the control to the point where I was pulling over. Like, oh no, that guy just gave me the bird. I'm gonna explain to him what that means. This is me, Pastor G, pulling over, getting out of my car. I'm like, what are you doing? And I literally would find myself, and then sometimes like, hey, um, sorry. Like, I have to apologize in the midst of my anger because I find myself, this is stupid. Like, I can't believe you're doing this. Okay, God, what is wrong? Why? I pray, I get in the car, and I still get angry. What is happening? What is wrong? Why am I not maturing? Well, maybe because my mind, I believe. In my heart, I want. But there's still my body who doesn't have the alignment. Or maybe your body's in alignment, but your mind is not. I like to try to make the alignment, and so I make adjustments. Recently, I've been getting in my car knowing when I'm a little more irritated, I kid you not, I'll put on classical music. Okay, I'm aligning my body, my mind, I'm praying, I'm gonna get on this freeway and I'm gonna make it with victory. I found greater success when I align my whole self, body, mind, and soul. 
that has become uh, much more effective for the kingdom and allowing God's truth to settle deeper with a little less uh, anger because I'm willing to align. Uh, recently, these chairs that you guys are sitting in, those are comfortable chairs. They're just amazing, comfortable chairs. I hate the ones that you sit so low. Remember the old ones? You sit so low and then you never knew how to fold them up. Talking lawn chairs. I have, a, I have one of those chairs. I put it in the back of my car because at the week, uh, the height of month, uh, come Wednesday, I'm just at high frequency. Going 100 miles an hour. I have found that it is needed for me to pull over some spot in Santa Barbara, random by myself. I kid you not, I found myself hiking down into creeks, putting my chair up, sitting down, and just aligning myself with God's wisdom because I feel out of sync. And so when I feel out of sync, I know that it's more than just, oh, I need to get this prayed for. Prayer is powerful. God's word is potent. It's always remains. I'm the issue. I'm the one that has to align. I'm the one that is not completely getting it. And so I found that if I'm not completely getting it, I just run myself through, wait, body, mind, and soul. How am I doing this? Because I'm called to love him with all my heart, mind, and soul. So if I'm wanting to be all bought in, then I need to make sure that I'm always aligned. Right? When you go get your brakes done, the guy's always like, hey, you want alignment? And you're always thinking, you're just trying to get me for 150 bucks. <laughs> no, no. But meanwhile, your tires are just going more and more wobbly because you refuse to align your car. Nothing worse than a car that's not aligned, right? Right? Unless you're looking to sh shed some, some pounds. No, the intent of God's people are not to live perfect lives, but they're definitely not to be lives lived in fear, anxiousness, and everything else that this world and the culture is pushing us to. Less and less patience. We're easily swept into the current culture. That's why I'm all the more like so much that I have a, a chair in my car. That's how far I've gone. I have pre-programmed classical music because I have to fight. I have to align. If I don't do it, it doesn't help. And if I believe that God is here to help, then I need to do on my end what I need to do. God is always willing. Can I get an amen? He's always willing. And there might be parts of you that are also equally willing. But there might be forgotten parts that are not. I'm so stressed. Just pray for me. Wow, I just prayed for that lady and I left. She left. And I, I don't think she let that go. What happened? Well, she could probably use a long walk on the beach with that prayer, with some scripture. That's aligning yourself, body, mind, and soul.
Sometimes it just takes asking yourself, what's wrong? There's some, something's wrong. Something's off. What is it? Take the time to sit down and ask. Maybe it is your body. Maybe you haven't been eating right. Maybe you're so stressed out and you can't sleep and there's that perpetual, like you're taking things to sleep, but then you're not sleeping and, and then you just get off. You ever been there? There's nothing worse than when your sleep is off. Man, don't mess with my sleep, right? When you have kids, you like, I remember, I have four old kids, but I remember those dark nights where I'm like, God, why can't this kid shut up? I got to sleep. They're crying. And I remember having the dialogue with God. God, you formed the universe. Why can't you shut the mouth of this little kid? Does he do it? Sometimes, but not often. So, so what is it? That is, that is an area that, honestly, when you think about making the adjustments in alignment, it's not a matter of prayer didn't work. It's a matter of, wait, am I off here? Am I asking for something from the Lord? God, fill my cup, but my cup is full of my own crap. Fill it, God. Well, here, I need to empty it out. That's right. I've been eating like that. I haven't slept. I haven't exercised in a while. Wow. Wow. I'm a mess. Hey, welcome. <laughs> We're all a mess. Are you with me? We're all a mess. And uh, there's nothing wrong with taking the time. Uh, I, I got here early, and I kid you not, I'm, I'm, the, like I said, the older I'm getting, the more this is becoming habitual for me. To, to just get here early and put a chair out there and stare out into the trees. Talk to God about your problem, your issue, and then come in here and then worship. You might find a little more results when you hit that parking lot. Because you're aligning yourself. You're getting real. You're getting right with God. His promises seem to sink in. When you're offering him a cup that's full, you got to empty it. And sometimes that's where the confusion, that's where, man, something's off. Well, something's off. It's always never God. <laughs> it's always you. It's always us. And so by taking that slight adjustment, slight little adjustment, that's all that's needed. And that's, that could be done here today. Some of you already know. There's a reason why we need a shield, because Satan is for real. And today, that first part of that scripture, that first promise of Psalm 3.3, Lord, truly you are a shield about me. Forgive me for worrying. Forgive me for being anxious. Forgive me for not letting that go. You are my shield. You are a shield about me. This next part, you're my glory. I often, even in singing that song, God, what does that mean? 
See, in context, King David is writing this psalm in fear of his son. Surrounded by enemies. God, you are my shield and you are my glory. What does that mean? This is what I came to. The glory of the Lord, we one day will experience. In heaven, the train of his robe will fill the temple and the glory of God will be experienced by all. Can't wait. Hallelujah. God, what does that mean? When King David says, you are my glory. This is what I came up with. It's kind of, kind of weak, but I, I gave it my all. I'm a Cowboys fan. The Rams won the Super Bowl last year, right? They won. They get the ring. The practice squad gets the ring. I'm pretty sure, depending on the owner, even the water guy. You're involved, even though you weren't in the field, you were involved, you get part of the glory, which is a Super Bowl ring, which I wouldn't mind. <laughs> Someday we're going to get a greater ring. Those pearly gates are going to open and we're going to walk in. It's going to be amazing. But until then, friends, this is what has come to know. This is what I've, to share in the glory of God is nothing um, to just be looked over. This is significant. There is a sense of ownership like you wouldn't believe. Because God's glory is something we don't want to mess with, right? You talk to any preacher or any worship leader, like, oh, it's God's glory. I don't want to mess with God's glory. All glory to be good, to God. Not to me, never me, because we never earned it. There's nothing we ever did. We didn't get on the field to earn any of the glory of God. Yet, turn with me to John 17. This is known as the great high priestly prayer, and this is Jesus basically praying for all who would not believe, all who currently believe, and all who will futurely believe. It's the past, present, and future prayer of King Jesus. If you don't believe me, read it. It's really good. But towards the end of the prayer, listen to what King Jesus says. He prays this. I do not pray for these things alone, but also for those who will believe, meaning you and I, who will believe in me through their word that they all may be one as you, Father, and I are in me and you in me, that they also may be in one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. So he's talking about complete and utter oneness. Verse 22, and the glory, there's that word, and the glory which you gave to me I have given to them that they may be one just as we are one. I and them and you and me and that they may be perfect in one. 
and that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. That's a powerful prayer. It's powerful because it includes you and I who do not deserve anything. This is a person of the Godhead praying to the Godhead about you and I sharing in the glory which the Father gave to the Son. He says it right here. The glory that you gave me, I'm giving to them. What is this glory? It denotes the victory. It denotes all that he is. Matter of fact, to be honest, there's some of it that I don't even know. Maybe God will reveal to you as you sit in your chair in some wooded area. But this is one thing I do know. It denotes complete and utter ownership. Family. Because he's saying, as you are in me and I in them. This is the family business that we've been called into that we share in the glory. All glory to him, yet what it denotes to you and I and what it means when we leave this parking lot is that, friends, we are fully and utterly received. As it says in Ephesians 1, you are chosen, accepted, adopted in the beloved. Nothing could separate you from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. That's what it denotes. When, when King David says, you are my glory, he was giving the great address of who and where he lives and who he is one with, and that is the Heavenly Father. That's you and I. When we say, God, you are my shield and you are my glory, you're saying, God, I'm completely and utterly yours. You're saying what is true already. And that is, as Jesus prayed, that we are one with him. That's beautiful, amen? And so that needs to be what encourages you when there's deep, dark sorrow covering you. You need to remember, I'm a child of God. I've been adopted, accepted, and the beloved, and I'm his, and he is mine, and the glory of the Lord has been shared with me because I am his son, and I am his daughter. That is some good truth, and I hope that it rings deep in your heart, mind, and soul today. Amen? And lastly, as we finish up, He's the lifter of our head. He's a shield about us to protect us. He's our glory. He's everything. He's ours. And we are his. And the lifter of our head. Why the lifter of the head? Why do we get down so often? Here's what I found with Christianity. Christians in general. Being a pastor for over 20 years and being a Christian for 30, I've found this to be true with me. So often we're out of balance. Maybe not you guys. Most Christians, here's what I mean by out of balance. 
either we think really highly of ourselves or we think too low of ourselves. I'm the worst ever. I'm the greatest known to humanity. You're actually neither. Right? Something happens when we become Christians, we, and some would say we become arrogant, we just think too much of ourselves, we're haughty, or we look down upon people. That should never be Christians. You should never think highly of yourself. Well, the Bible says high things about me. It says that I'm more than a conqueror. It says greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Matter of fact, I'm an ambassador for Jesus Christ. I'm actually amazing. Well, guess what? The Bible also says you're but dust. It says that your heart is infinitely wicked. I'm glad you guys caught the butt dust one. I thought that was going to just slide by you. Thank you. What? Is that a horn? What is that noise? It sounds like a clown with a horn. Like he said a funny. That's Psalm 103 if you're looking for a reference. Butt dust. Yes, the Bible says you're more than a conqueror. And yet it says your heart is infinitely wicked. So we shouldn't be this. We shouldn't be, I'm more than a conqueror. Wait, no, I'm but dust. It's called the balanced view of who you are. I call it, it's the gospel view of who you are. Your identity is that you were wicked. And yet you've been transformed. Because your wickedness has been cleansed because of the blood of Christ. That's a balanced view. See, the gospel will never allow your head to get too fat or to hang too low. When it gets too fat, I hope one of your brothers will remind you. The scriptures, that's why all scriptures, as you see, has been preserved for us. For rebuke, training, and righteousness. And sometimes to build us up. Don't find yourself being this. When you leave here, remind yourself of who you are in Christ. Look in the mirror, and it's always good to be like, you little scoundrel, been saved by the grace. It's got to be both. You can't stop with you scoundrel. Oh, saved by the grace. You're an amazing guy. No. You still scoundrel, right? It's both. It's the balanced view of who you are. Don't lie to yourself. Until we get to heaven, the old man is still hanging around. We got to put him in check. We got to starve him out. We can't allow the enemy to draw us into this culture that is wreaking havoc. We got to allow the Lord to be the shield about us. We got to allow him to remind us that he's our glory and he's the lifter of our heads and it's all for a purpose. It's all for a reason. It's for the kingdom's sake. It's for the kingdom's sake. I'm going to close with this because it was opened with this. The gal who got up here and said it's all about the kids. Guess what? It is. It really is. Uh, 
I hope Rick doesn't get mad at me. This is not this this is not at all like as we leave here. If you think about it, I'm a big component of, hey, the church will die if we don't pour into the young. And God bless you guys. You're already looking a little little older on that end, so there needs to be a revival. And so if you're on that end, you need to start thinking about how you're going to shell out because you need to pour in the youth of this community. Friends, I'm telling you, the youth of today are dealing with troubles like you, you've never known. Your troubles in high school, oh, I know, you'll get through it. You'll get, no, it's different because everything is instant and everything is available to them. I mean, kids are taking Ubers, having food brought to them. Like, all at school. You need some porn? Here. You want some weed? It's on its way. Like, this is school now. All the more reason we need to open up our pocketbooks and say, hey, we got to do something. Because the youth of our, our generation are being targeted by the enemy. And they need that shield. Amen? They need to be part of the glory. And they, these kids are dealing with depression like you wouldn't believe. Why? I won't go there. It's Jesus is the answer. Amen. Father God, thank you for this opportunity we have for your word to come. And I just pray as we leave here today, Lord, that we would not leave the same. You would have your way with all of us that your scriptures would remind us and, and uh, continue to lead us to righteousness. Father, I pray over all my friends today that they would be reminded of the shield that is around them. Father, that you would protect them and continue to do so, to allow them to grow here in this valley for your glory. Lord, that they would be the salt and the light, that they would be more than conquerors, that they truly would be ambassadors for your kingdom. Help them, Lord. Help them with their identity and who they are, that you've made them your own, and that their heads would never grow weary or get too fat and haughty, that they would always remember just who they are in Christ. Father God, thank you for these truths. Thank you for preserving them. Thank you for this morning. We love you. We thank you. We pray in your precious name. And all God's children said, amen, amen. amen. God bless you guys. Have a wonderful Sunday. Thank you for listening to the Rick Soto Podcast. For more information about Pastor Rick Soto and the Ranch Church, go to ranchchurch.com.